0: Hello, everyone. Hi. But hello to you,
1: Rich. Hey, Eric. I'm here at the podcast, like all the weeks.
0: Ah, yes. I also frequent the podcast. So it's a a happening spot. A lot going on. According to the Wikipedia, I'm one of the main players. You have a Wikipedia? No. You could technically make one about yourself, though, right? That's true. I mean, you could... You could write your whole biography there.
1: I just copy and pasted Neil Gaiman's,
0: and I'm just hoping that, that no one <laughs> just corrected. hoping that nobody notices. Rich Meister, the uh, critically acclaimed author who is most famously attributed for writing *Sandman*.
1: You no, know, that's right. Uh, we're working on the Netflix adaptation.
0: <laughs> Imagine throwing that on like a dating profile and just putting a Wikipedia link, and someone just calls it out and goes, "You didn't." I, Uh, Hey, I
1: was looking into this, and it looks like you copy and pasted Grant Morrison's Wikipedia page into your dating profile.
0: (laughs) Yeah, every time I copy and pasted your name, it's now just affiliated with this profile, which is not you.
1: Yeah, it's me, uh, Grant Morrison, acclaimed author of Doom Patrol.
0: That's an extreme form of catfishing. (laughs) Actually, at that point, it pretty much just borders on straight up lying outright. Because you're not even lying about your appearance anymore. You're just trying to suck out somebody else's life and implant your own. A little invasion of the Body Snatchers. Doom Patrol did end recently, though. Yeah. Did you watch the series finale? Or the season finale? Wait, that was the finale? Yeah, that was the season finale. That was it.
1: I didn't didn't realize it was the finale.
0: Welcome to the Gecko Gamescast! That's a cliffhanger. I am your ever, forever serving co-host, Eric. Across the virtual table. The planes what
1: the, the virtual plane
0: oh across the virtual plane or landscape is our other co-host rich meister
1: it's true i'm here i played some would say games. he really is
0: the backbone of this establishment i would I f- respectfully disagree
1: I, don't, I feel like it's a stretch i don't i
0: feel like you and i go together like c- concrete and drywall you know
1: yeah that's good we need each other
0: yeah we do Mm-hmm. And you know you're you're my concrete.
1: And you're my drywall.
0: <laughs> I'm your drywall with the studs in between. But you can't find them right away. You you use need my a stud, stud finder. finder. Beep 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 Oh! I'm so sorry, oh, everybody. I, this is not this is not how it's supposed to be. So, yeah, you know what? Doom Patrol did end. uh did Was realize? that HBO Max? Yeah, I did not. Really yeah, that was the ending. That was. Already... I had a feeling that you didn't know. Otherwise, you would have texted me about it and been like, "Wow, what a season, huh?" Um, yeah. HBO Max was just uh, apparently they only gave him a nine episode season because of COVID, so they couldn't film anything more.
1: Because that does not feel and, like uh, a natural conclusion.
0: No, actually, this is the first. I mean, they only have two seasons, but this is the first time where it has ended on a cliffhanger with that no true conclusion to itself. You could argue that season one ended on a cliffhanger, but not really. It was really kind of like one up of those weird cliffhangers. Arc. Yeah, um, like it was just one of those things where everything was done, and uh, they kind of had this natural jumping on point for a later season. I, this one, however it literally just ends. I will say, uh, (laughs) you're just, you're just sitting there thinking, oh, all right, going to wait like two years. I'm
1: going to give it to that episode for the creation of one of my new favorite original characters, Dr. Cowboy.
0: Oh, I was going to say for, for crediting one of the oldest, uh, characters literally in the book, Jesus Christ. Oh
1: yeah. The great fist fight between Brendan Fraser and Jesus Christ.
0: If you, uh, have not seen doom patrol, you should check it out. It's on HBO max. Um, it's quite a bit to it, enjoy it's pretty at this damn point. good, yeah. It's pretty damn good. I have to say, season two, probably. It, I actually, you know what? COVID aside, because they still had the first half of the season or 75% of the season panned out before COVID. I wasn't that impressed with it. I thought it dragged a little bit. Um, I think it's lost but a I lot think, of its
1: charm. A lot of its charm was Mister Nobody. Um, yeah,
0: and without it, you kind of have all these other the one shot story episodes that they have. Kind of that villain of the week. I don't mind that. I actually thought that it was very strong for the first three to four episodes there. Um, but somehow along the way, because everybody just had their own side plots without too much camaraderie with one another, it just kind of trailed off for me. Got a little boring. Yeah,
1: and then I think the uh, the Candlemaker stuff sort of comes to a head without coming to the finish line, which is problematic.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I really didn't even give a shit about Candlemaker, which kind of sucks because it's supposed to be the de facto villain. Of the story there. Uh, But I guess it could be argued that, I don't know. It it was good. I enjoyed it for what it was. I just hope that the next season, maybe due to COVID, it could just be better. Because this was supposed to be the penultimate episode where things were supposed to tie together. Because that's what it felt like right before the come down of the final episode. But um, this time they were just saying, hey, we couldn't finish it. So this is what you're going to get. So I totally see that season three is going to open with the ending. of Sort of. Kind of a Desolation of Smog kind of deal. Yeah. I'll never forgive the Desolation of Smaug for what they did.
1: I'll never... What kind of bullshit was that? I'll forgive that entire trilogy for the idea of... It shouldn't have been
0: three movies! <laughs> well, you want to know something about it? And this is exactly how I feel like Doom Patrol is going to go. So this does... Ha- I promise you this is not a tangent. I will circle back and then end it so we can finally talk about what this podcast was intended for. Uh... I think that when I went to go see Desolation of Smaug, I was was in the theater, and uh, at the time, everybody had seen The Hobbit already. I think you already went with, like, Tom and them. Does memory serve me right on that one? You're
1: probably right. It was so long ago. I think you went.
0: I think you already went. You definitely invited
1: uh, me, because I remember, but I think I'd already gone.
0: Yeah, and what? Why? Was it in between? So, I just just didn't have anybody to go with at the time, and uh, my brother was like, I don't even want to see that crap. Um... So I went by myself. It was one of the first times in years I went to go just experience a, a movie by myself. And I thought, you know, it's Middle Earth. I deserve this. So, um, so I put I on went my and Legolas ended.
1: cosplay and I headed up. <laughs> <from here. laughs> so
0: naturally, I put on my, uh, my Ranger cape and um, carried, my, uh, carried my potato sack and went to town with my, uh, what was it, Think Geek brand Hobbit Feet slippers. And uh, I decided my to go. My glow in
1: the dark sting at my side.
0: Oh, God. It's just plastic. My Hasbro. So, uh, but I went and uh, everybody knows how this movie ends. And if you don't, Smaug the Dragon is pretty much one of the main antagonists of the Hobbit story. Um, when the dwarves go to reclaim their, their land, their their kingdom under the mountain. And uh, they find a fucking dragon there. And he, he's pretty pissed off and he's pretty greedy. You know, he just wants all the gold. So at the end, he flies over the city or the town. I should say not. The, he town. flies over Lake Town. Yeah, I was going to say Lake City. and Lake uh, City! The best metropolitan Check area Check your lease, buddy, because you're in Lake City. And you know this guy is about to fuck up. Yeah, I mean, fuck some stuff up. You know Lake Town's done. Because they already got desolated one time. And here comes the title of the movie. Smaug is like, feel my desolation. You're thinking, oh shit, this is it. And then as he's flying to Lake Town, it just fades to black. Like, it just fades. And you know what's going to happen. But then that's the it. So you're just left with this lukewarm feeling. <laughs> and then what happens in the third movie, Battle of the Five Armies? It just picks up where it leaves off. Smaug is just like, oh, you remember what I said last movie? I'm going to repeat my line now. Let's actually show you what's going on. What followed was a 15-minute to 20-minute segment of just dealing with Smaug and then defeating Smaug, which could have just been left in the main movie. I didn't understand what was going on there. I felt the same with Doom Patrol. I have a feeling that... You get this big penultimate episode, and they didn't film it yet, so I can't... Fa- like, I, I think I'm it's a different situation,
1: either. because, like, I get the the vibe that, like, they never intended to do it this way, but, like, what happened in the world kind of forced their hand to go, well, we'll give you what we have done.
0: Give me, like, a... Uh... Give me like an Animal House kind of ending where at that point just show me still images of all the characters and give me the text of just what happened. Robot to after. Man
1: went on to become a renowned psychologist. <laughs> yeah,
0: but go watch Doom Patrol though. I think it's pretty fucking weird. If you don't like it, that's fine. Honestly, this is one of the most shocking, uh, f- shockingly funded superhero shows I've ever seen hit the screen. And I'm glad
1: it is because it it comes from that age of like. In my opinion, and I think you pretty much fall in line with this, Eric, there was a time period in comic books where things were done a certain way, and then in particular, I would say Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman came along and just did totally different shit that changed the landscape of comics forever.
0: Yeah, they just implemented a lot of ideas that just were really fucking weird and just borrowed off of other essays and other works that involve mental health and just more spiritualistic. Kind they told of very different ideas. types of
1: stories than we were used to seeing in comics at the time. Yeah.
0: And if you go back and you actually read the doom patrol comics by Grant Morrison too, he, uh, he really g- gets fucking strange with a lot of ideas. And, uh, if you read some of his forewords, um, or his, pre- uh, his pre, his prefaces before he dives into it, he took a lot of inspiration from a lot of these different sort of reference materials that have nothing to do with, with comics, <laughs> or yeah. the origins of any of the Doom Patrol whatsoever, like anything about
1: it to a form of storytelling he was passionate about.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'll say about that. So there you go. Thank you for bearing with me Thanks for a good ten minutes there. Thanks for stopping by the Gecko Comics Club. Thank you. Yes. Um, I could talk about it for a good hour, so I'm not going we to. We could do it. Uh, that's a whole different podcast. Oh, for sure. Um, but, Rich, how have you been? How was your week? Talk uh, to me. What's going on with you?
1: I've been good, man. I did a lot, actually. Um, oh, whoa,
0: big plans, I'm,
1: big man. I in terms of what we're going to talk about on this podcast, not like as a person. Sorry, I didn't mean. I that. had no. I had no personal growth. I'm sorry for misleading you.
0: Um, <laughs> well, I would. I would say different. You look like a. You look like a change man in my eyes. Thanks,
1: man. Um. I finished Ghost of Tsushima. I did the platinum platinum trophy. Did you do this last Sunday or was it Monday? It was Monday. It was after we finished the podcast.
0: It was because I remember on Sunday you proclaimed it. You said I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then Monday literally. Oh day no! It was on Sunday. You're
1: right. It was on Sunday.
0: I think it was literally later, later that, that day. You sent me a picture, and you said did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear to you, the same thing happened with Persona. I'm actually going to be greedy with these now. I'm going to have this false expectation because Every when week you guys claim it, and I'm just going to assume you're a minute or two away from actually doing it, because you always send a picture like within the hour and go, did it? And I just laugh. I'm like, damn. Yeah, and I set my mind to it. Uh, well, tell me about it. How was it? I really like this game.
1: Um, I've said that before already. I, I think it's worth noting that I don't think Ghost of Tsushima is worth setting the world on fire. Because I think it tells the type of story it's trying to tell really well, even if it takes a kind of a long time to do it.
0: And gameplay-wise... And when you say setting the world on fire, too, do you mean just, you know, praising it upon the shoulders of everything and saying this is the best thing ever? Yeah, because it's
1: not the best thing ever. It's a very typical open-world game. Uh, I just think it's a pretty polished one of those, and it's one I really enjoyed. Um, If you head on over to uh, swordchomp.com, you can read my full review of that game. There's a plug for you. That's a good plug, I think so. But that's up. Um, I highly recommend it, especially to people who are have a certain reverence for older Assassin's Creed games. It mm-hmm. totally feels like if you we went back like ten years and you slapped Assassin's Creed Three on this, I'd be like, yeah, that seems right.
0: Really? So you think? It, do you think that it um, is similar to the previous installations of Assassin's Creed more so than say Origins or Odyssey? Yeah,
1: it's similar, more similar to the pre. It, this seems like a game that could have come a number of years after Assassin's
0: Creed two. Interesting. But it was still good. It was still good. Because three, the whole I well, I guess I want to say 3's problems were narrative was their story. I think it was its story. Yeah, the story. Yeah, nar- the narrative narrative structure. narrative
1: structure was the issue with three,
0: not really the yeah, gameplay. Not the gameplay, yeah. What a shame that was. Well, I'm glad this one actually is just good. Yeah. What would you say was the favorite part that you enjoyed the most out of this? Uh,
1: I definitely talked about this a little bit, but the, the character tales, which are the sort of side missions that revolve around certain characters are definitely the strongest bits for me. Some of the best storytelling that feel like they are like taken out of old Kurosawa films or something. Uh, Lady Misako in particular is my favorite character in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I've mentioned her before as the, yeah. the wife of a samurai, like avenging her fallen clan. Her story has a great conclusion. Uh, it's, it's fucking fantastic.
0: I'm down. I can't wait to play it. It, it just sounds so cool. and it just um, I've read very, very similar to your thoughts. It's nothing that breaks any new ground with what is already out there, mm-hmm. but it basically makes a good game out of the toolbox. It, that it does
1: it has. the things it's doing really well.
0: Yeah. And that's, frankly, I don't... I will never care. I mean, sure. I'll always yearn for a little innovation everyone every couple of years but i'm certainly not going to be breaking down a door just to have something new on my plate rather than reutilizing old formulas that still work yeah why 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 reinvent the wheel if it's going to keep spinning
1: yeah that's just it like it doesn't do anything new but it does a fantastic job with a tool set we're familiar with
0: i'm really excited just for the sheer fact that number one this is one of sucker punch's most successful selling titles and two um it's one of the kind of starkly different types of games that they're used to making um and i'm there at least when it to my from my perspective when it comes from a narrative storytelling structure because um, the open worldy kind of deal i mean you could argue that sly cooper and infamous did this already mm-hmm. they, they, they already have experience with kind of establishing open world games yeah Uh, But this one looks like it's way more heavily tied to the narrative. Yeah, for sure. And it's more cinematic. It's it's, a, what's the word I'm trying to say? Cinematic storytelling. Yes, yes, for sure. From what I've seen. Um, And that's really exciting to me because this kind of blows the doors now for them wide open. They could do a lot more with it. I'm excited to even hear if they're going to do a sequel or even if not. What else will they They do? Will they implement this kind of in their infamous or otherwise?
1: They they leave a very loose sequel thread, which, like, for anyone who... who, Skip ahead a minute or so if you want, I don't think this is, like, a spoiler even worth talking about, but... Make it three. Yeah, at the end, basically, uh, Jin is, you know, has embraced his identity as the Ghost of Tsushima, but in a conversation he has towards the end of the game, there are whispers about the Ghost rallying forces to bring the fight to the the mongol empire and Jin is not the one doing this so that means like the ghost has grown beyond him like someone is claiming that identity and trying to rally a force to take the mongols down where they live
0: ah so the legend has outgrown the person yeah very very cool i dig that is he shocked to hear that he's not
1: shocked but it's more like the character you're talking to who like was never kind of okay with you doing this like kind of gives you a look and you're like i'm not I have no plans to do that so like wherever these people are gathering it was kind
0: of like one of those things where it it implies like look what look what you've become or look what it has become yeah
1: like it's it's gone beyond you now like this is why i didn't want you doing this in the first place
0: ah well damn a real damned if you do damned if you don't scenario that's pretty cool though i actually like that um god i'm trying to think of another i guess joker that movie the Joker movie at the end of the the most recent one with Todd Phillips, he uh kind of had a similar ending. Yeah. It's like the Joker ends up uh having all of his cronies and it's pretty much outgrown him now. Can't stop it. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Obviously this one was a lot more honorable and a lot more dignified and a lot more in enjoyable in my opinion. <laughs> I like the, I like that Joker. Movie. I don't care. For I really that. didn't think it was that the, bad. The
1: further I removed I get from that movie, the less I like it.
0: Well, I think that a big part of it was just the fans, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm glad you liked Goes to Tsushima. I'm definitely going to pick it up eventually. Mm-mm. It's going to come down the gate. I've fallen into this cyclone of just finally beating the games that I do have.
1: That's a good idea. Uh,
0: it, it Listen, I talked about I don't even know. You can fucking make a montage out of how many times I'm just like, oh, I'm going to beat these. I remember one time back You've been in saying that early,
1: since we the early. This is episode 55.
0: Oh, you, I knew you were just going to bring that up, weren't you? I remember at the start of 2019 where I proclaimed on, pod, on cast where I'm, I told myself I'm not going to buy a game unless I beat a game. Beat a game, buy a game. And I did okay in the beginning, and then I just went backwards and regressed. And let me tell you, I'm back on my shit again. This time it's legitimate, though. Um, I'm starting Bloodstained again. I yeah. powered through Bloodstained the first time, but I didn't. Number one, I'm going to go with the intention of 100%ing. And number two, I really just didn't kind of become uh, engrossed in the story, as I would say, a Symphony of the Night or something similar. I
1: think there is a story there to become engrossed in. You just have to kind of. It's
0: average. It's average. But I think what I really want to do, too, is kind of utilize the full breadth of the gameplay capabilities because there are so many different wacky ways that you can play the game. Some of that are just downright broken, but that's what makes the game enjoyable, honestly. Uh,. So I kind of want to go back to it, especially because I was thinking of the Curse of the Moon 2. And I will buy that eventually, and I will play it probably soon after. It's just I really wanted to beat the source material here, the main title. I also got the vinyl, so it kind of put me back in the mood. And I was thinking, man, I, I don't really remember a lot of it. And it's not because the game isn't good. It's just because I truly did at the time power through this shit. Um, but now I would imagine this thing is patched up. Because uh, I know that they had some issues at the beginning, the Switch version just being downright unplayable. Yeah. Uh, this is patched up now. They've incorporated, They've incorporated a lot of DLC. No, just PS4. Okay, yeah, but but I, I'm just saying in I general, I remember... Yeah, yeah. I remember just in the beginning, they were like, yeah, you can't play this. Um, fight Igarashi as a DLC boss, why the hell not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, so I, I'm pretty excited to just start that up again. And on the computer, I'm kind of break, breaking this up by platform sure. now. On the PC... Since I beat Sekiro, I'm now just gonna change up the model because I really don't want to play another game like that for a little so bit. Be a little and, less uh, well, it's funny. I'm gonna play Hotline Miami too, so that okay. that's kind of a. <laughs> it's like I'm trading one punishment I, I, for another. It's a
1: different like. I think Hotline Miami is a game that it's easier to just go. Okay, go again. Like it's much faster. Oh, that game pace.
0: infuriated me. Oh, I would get uh, because of the so mad, off-screen killing.
1: Well, it's not as balanced just, as the first game.
0: No, and it was exactly, I'm sorry to cut you off too, yeah. it was exactly as you said, it was, uh, that game was, so, I, I chugged that game out in a day, and I 100% did it in a day, never forgot that, I just had a power session for like 8 hours back in college, and uh, it was because as you said, it was just so immediate, it was clockwork, you get shot in the face, you press space bar, you go again, get shot, Get go again. And I could die maybe 30 times in probably five minutes. And you'd be like, it's it was so addictive. Again,
1: again, again. like you can
0: Instantly gratifying. You just keep going. And the soundtrack is just pumping in your ears. And you're getting into it. And uh, it's a real try I'm really into that whole trial and error kick uh, where if a game requires me to build upon what, I, what had just happened and keep going and going. It's the definition of insanity personified. I adore that shit. Yeah. That's why Roguelike's... And me, we go together like peanut butter and jelly because I can't stop the addiction of trying to beat something until the finally is over. That's why with Dark Souls, one of my favorites, first exposure to it from Demon Souls, it's just so good. Um, I'm with you. but So that's what I'm going to be doing in a little bit. I'm probably going to stream that too and try to cool. just 100% it. I like streaming just because I just like beating what it. What I like I don't about know, it, makes streaming, me to beating it.
1: interestingly enough, is that I think it always gets me to play something like I might not like... One of my ongoing streams right now has been like, sure, I know it would be super fun to replay this new PC version of Persona 4, but I'm probably not going to find time to do it, but I'm going to force myself to do it on stream.
0: Right. And even if I did switch games, I almost felt bad because I was even thinking, I think I was, uh, I believe I was like 60% of the, I hate measuring percents, just that was dumb. I was at least three fourths the way through of Sekiro. I just knew it because the game started the lasting way, a while. Yeah. yeah. I got to the Fountainhead Palace and I was just, I just knew. Um, that we were going to get there eventually. And uh, the at the time, I was thinking, man, I just want to play this offline. Because um, there were some bosses that, you know, it would be after work, I'd be a little tired, didn't want to go on camera for that shit, which is hard. It, it's a per- the reason why I always think that streaming is also something that people should do at least once It's because it's almost a performance, depending on what you want to do. If you don't want to perform, you don't want to put on a face, that, that's on you. But um, it depends on what you, you want to do as a person. But to you me... <laughs> To me, even when I do like casts like these, I'm very candid with you and I'll talk to you as I normally would. But when I'm streaming too, you are kind of putting on this air where you got to be entertaining, not only for other people, but for yourself. You got to keep yourself pumped and you got to want to do it. That's why they always tell you when you're streaming, you should talk to yourself. At least when you're as if somebody is there, because you never know who's going to drop in and just see you doing things. If they pop in and you see
1: you sitting there with nothing to say, then there's going to be no reason for them to stick around.
0: Well, also, because it primarily, for me, makes me not feel like a total psychopath when I'm just talking to myself, because when I'm narrating my own thoughts on Sekiro, it made me feel so sane. It, I was always, thinking, yeah.
1: it always makes me, like, my go-to is, like, me and my Twitch chat is, uh, that meme from Always Sunny of, like, Glenn Howard, where he's like, sure, I'm talking to myself, but that's just because I got shit to say. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, exactly, and that's why it's just so enjoyable, um... And I was thinking, man, if I was playing Sekiro offline, I would not be happy with myself because I'm just going to be yelling at myself and I'd be like, come on, man. Uh, but at least when you have the presence of others, you're like, hey, you know, you can't really be too salty. And it's nice to see, you know, even when
1: it's small, like a little cheering section, like, you know, some of the chat being like, you got this, man.
0: Yeah, I, I usually like it, I usually I primarily stream just for my brothers. They're the only ones who truly really watch me most of the time. And I do it mainly just for them to watch and some of their friends. It's, it's just a thing it's for It's a fun I social like thing. For sure, but Hollow is gonna be starting up. Bloodstain's starting soon, and besides that, I know we both played Fall Guys, just like we said we would. Um, um, and what a weird, what a weird game. I got a win. Did you? That is. I shut up.
1: I got one win.
0: I'm sorry, that wasn't me. I didn't mean to tell you to shut up. I know you weren't gloating. No, I didn't. I got. Nine. I was
1: so excited. It was literally my third, my third game. I was so happy.
0: That game frustrates the hell out of me in such a fun way. Um you can't hate I can't hate the game. The game is the most upbeat kitty-looking shit that just it's, looks so friendly.
1: It's like Battle Royale gang beasts. That's how I've been exposed yeah. to people and I played a bunch last night uh with our friends Mike and Eddie. Um Were you just screaming. I did not win any of I did not win any of those, though I did come close one time.
0: I uh I like when you're playing with friends, but I, what I do not like is how when everybody loses, like, if you have people that lose in the first round immediately, I always feel weird because I have to subject everybody to just watch me. I'm just like, ah, oh, you guys suck. Watch, watch, watch how it's done. Shit. Watch how it's done. And then at the end of the, it all, you still lose. And you're just sitting there thinking, man, that sucked.
1: That was uh, me last night. You know, like, sometimes you just have that bad run. And I just hear Mike be like, damn. But like, Mike, did you get eliminated in the first round? You absolute Every time. sack of crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I adore it. It's like, when you... If, you could play this game solo. Like, I remember when it first came out, I was playing it, like, 15 minutes in between work calls just because it was easy to just literally play one die and then go back to what you were doing. Yeah. But um, playing with friends, oh, if you're, you could be such a douchebag on purpose. It's so enjoyable. Like, on Seesaw, of course, too. No, but there's at least one person, I feel, that can't do Seesaw. And whenever I do it, I just go, oh, where, where? I like to, right before the finish line, like to look back and see for those little arrows that indicate where your friends are. Yeah. It's like, damn, you're really far out there, huh? You're pretty, you're pretty out there. It's looking pretty rough, huh? <laughs> it's looking pretty rough. The numbers are going up here. I don't think you're going to qualify. Um, if you haven't heard of Fall Guys, it is a really cutesy Battle Royale that premiered at PAX earlier this year. I did not play it at the time, but it's literally just an obstacle course challenge it's a uh, where you Plus and 59... Right now. Yeah, it's free That's worth on PlayStation Pro. If you
1: want, like, it's The player count is up massively because it's free, which I think was a great move for them.
0: Oh, for sure. It also uh, was detrimental to their initial server counts just exploding. Um, Can I tell you what I'm but, particularly
1: mad about, Eric? Uh, I missed the the time limit while I was in the store. I was two crowns short of getting that Hotline Miami skin.
0: Oh, uh, before the time yeah. line, Wait, what skin was it? Oh,
1: there was a jacket uh, skin for your fall guy.
0: This is what I get for leaving. All right, well that's fun. Um, off the checks, it'll it'll go back to circulation. But you just do some odd, uh, you just do some odd obstacles with fifty nine other people in competition to try to get this crown at the end and win it. And if you don't, then well you start again. Um, it's like
1: Wipeout Battle Royale.
0: Yeah, it's like the the video gamey version of Wipeout. It's so much fun. Uh, there are some bugs here and there, but it's nothing too noticeable. I, I don't give a shit. Even if it glitches out sometimes, I'm like, oh, that's that's the charm of the game. Just. Yeah. You win some, you lose some, um, but this is free on PS Plus, as Rich was saying, and this is on computer for twenty dollars. I think even if it wasn't for PS Plus, I'd still pay the money for it. Yeah, it's a good game. yeah, gladly. It's um, I have not gotten a crown yet. Fuck this game. Just the one. Uh, Just the one. I I slave myself to be better than all the rest, and then all of a sudden they tell me I have to rush up this. This obstacle course to get this crown at the end. As if all my past yeets just weren't good enough. And I have to lose to some schmo. Who jumps at a very, very tightly bound angle. And compared to, to myself and ends up grabbing it before I do. As as my finger, my little nubby hands. As my fall guy is just practically touching the damn thing. And then it tells me um, I'm eliminated. Worth
1: noting because I think it's hilarious. If you immediately go into a match right after you win one. You're wearing a crown.
0: So that's that I means you're big shit. I think uh, one of the achievements on PlayStation or just on Steam was to win five in uh, a row. Oh, yeah.
1: People have already gotten it, and the developers are shocked. They're like, we literally thought this would be, like, near impossible.
0: Yeah, because... Well, that I was actually... I'm surprised to even hear that, because I think everybody just thought at first, like, oh, I, I can do this shit. This is easy. No. It's it, it, sometimes it's just... A, it's a crapshoot. You really just get it or you don't. I give props to people who get it five in a row. That's hard. I can't even imagine. It's just stressful. Yeah. Um... I howl at that game. I basically scream at it because sometimes this one dude will just grab it His little nubs will grab your little numbby legs and they'll throw you off sometimes and I'll just scream and it's so funny because the costumes are also just ridiculous and like it's just a giant overblown chicken or pigeon or something. yeah right now and I you'll just hear myself screaming in top top. my apartment. It's the fucking pigeon. God damn it <laughs> just go for it. And people, are, uh, probably my neighbors, are like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: go uh, half Triceratops, half Pigeon. That's my go to.
0: Oh, a uh, hybrid. Very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's living.
0: I think you were so concerned whether or not if you could, you didn't stop and think if you should, you know? Yeah,
1: no. And I know you gotta that I should. stop with those I mutations. That, I know now that I should. So, mutations.
0: I'm just a, a humble little blob with boxer shorts. That's, that's kind of my thing. That's living. I'm not there. I'm not there for a long time, but I'm there for a good time. You know, that's
1: life, man. That's good. My that's appearance good doesn't attitude.
0: really make much of a difference. Yeah. I just think it's well. It, be- it better be for that you better have that attitude for that game because you're not going to win most of the time. Those team games, I get. I don't even care if that. you're running with a group of fo- or full group. That those team games stress me out.
1: Uh, we did really well on the soccer one last night when I was running with uh, three people uh whereas i was explaining to mike and eddie i had a an earlier match where my team was so bad at defending our goal that i just put the controller down and was like you guys can fuck off
0: <laughs> yeah it just it really turns you and, and for context for those who don't know what the hell this is in between these obstacle course levels they'll sometimes just throw you in a team where they'll bunch you all up and say oh okay you're on one team this is on you're another the and they'll give team. you like okay this is a rocket league type game where you just have to get these giant soccer balls in each other's goal or more of a Diddy Kong Racing kind of thing. This is the exact vibe I got. They put all these eggs in yes. the middle. And they're like, grab these eggs and put these in the corners. And I'm like, some dude stole this from Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. And you can go into each other's nest and take the eggs and try to aggregate as much as you can and collect them. Another one's, oh, you some of you guys have tails. And you have to grab tails. And whichever team has the lowest amount of tails on the team uh, compared to the others who they There's just a lot of team games. So going back to what I was saying, if you're playing with friends, that's way more enjoyable because you could scream at them. However, if you were playing solo, you have nobody to scream at, but yourself. It's incredibly lonely. Some people just don't even play on those games. It's incredibly infuriating. Yeah. it's
1: uh, so did you play the hex one?
0: Uh, yeah, the jinx. Jinx, Yeah, that was it. Yeah. It's, I, I just call it zombies. One dude's a zombie at first and they can infect people over time. I've had a glitch out on me actually. Um, I was playing with Evan and uh, and my older brother, Nelson, and um, it said that there was one person left on each side, and it's kind of funny because both teams, we were all jinxed, so both teams were working together to try to locate these missing people. They were missing, and nobody knows where they went, and the game was just broken. It was stuck in a state of stasis, um, and we waited like 10 minutes. And uh, eventually I just left because the game was not... It kept saying there was one person remaining on each side and everybody who was already infected was literally just running around standing still like, what the fuck, it's, it's over. Um, Weird. But it's a really, really fun game. Uh, ton- I think it's Tonic Games? Yes. Put out by Devolver. Um, yeah. Nobody knew that this game would explode as much as it did.
1: I think the PS Plus thing was a, one of their smartest decisions because it really got a lot of people playing and a lot of people talking
0: got a lot of people pissed off too uh the servers crashed the first day almost immediately yeah and they're still uh, spotty we're talking right now yeah we're talking hundreds of thousands of people that came to this indie game and this indie studio is probably just thinking jesus christ we're probably at max 100k yeah and they probably thought they were cool meanwhile they have like 500k people You're trying never to play prepared. this yeah but well the game was during the beta i remember uh they were trying to stress test it everybody was clamoring for a beta key streamers were playing it to audiences of tens of thousands of people um i wanted to even play yeah. it, it really with zero direct marketing word got around real quick uh so people started review bombing it i thought that was shitty um day one they were like fix your fucking game it's i gay. would understand <laughs> if i actually paid 20 dollars for it to to a degree yeah. mind you i'd be a little miffed if it's the kind I paid of game though, where work. i was fine where like, like
1: yeah. i would hop in and play two and then the servers would take a shit and i'd be like "All right, i'll go do something else for a little bit
0: yeah, it, w- it wasn't as like, uh, I keep thinking there was a worse launch. Uh, Diablo 3 is still the worst launch that comes to memory. Classic. Uh, where ju- the game just didn't work for like three days or something like that. Some
1: would argue it never did.
0: Yeah, well, it's great now. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> Some would argue times. until the auction
1: house was destroyed, it never worked. Yeah, the
0: auction house was the whole big thing. I think that had arguably the worst launch of all time, but that's just me. That's just my no, memory. I, I, uh, I, I kind of agree with that. So, this game not being available for, like, I don't know, what was it, like, eight hours, and then they doubled the size of the servers, tried to optimize everything. Oh, they yeah, tried so hard to do it at the same time as people playing it, and then they're just like, no, we're just going to shut this shit down. Uh, it's it's really not working. Um, we can't really help it. So, go try go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. I think it's a blast, especially with friends. You just, I don't know, it's a great game to just mess around with for every once in a while. Perfect uh, beer and chips exactly kind of game. Exactly that
1: type of game. Uh, yeah. I also finished Paper Mario: The Origami King.
0: Talk to me about it. I
1: love this game so much. Wow. Um, I I talked about how weird and unique the combat was on previous episode. Uh, I think that's pretty consistent all the way through. It keeps itself fresh. The boss encounters, being some of the um, the most like so individually unique. Um, the, the bosses Mario is going up against up until the end are known as the League of Stationery. Uh, the bosses are literal, like, office supplies. Like, uh, colored pencils, a hole puncher, a stapler, a pair of scissors.
0: Well, is that, um, without spoiling it too much, I saw that, uh, one of them was a phoenix or something. Is that okay. also part of
1: the Okay, there are, he- here's what happens, basically. There are mini-bosses in each area known as the Vellamentals. Um... <laughs> You fight the Velementals and then Olivia, your origami companion, learns how to fold herself into their forms. And you can use them outside of combat to solve puzzles. Uh, you can sometimes find puzzles in boss encounters that'll be like, Okay, I need to turn Olivia into the Ice elemental here to freeze the boss so I can, like, get to this part of him to attack. Like, it- it's all involved in, like, puzzle mechanics in and out of combat.
0: Neat. And, uh... I wish that the, the only thing I saw with the League of Stationery is that it was funny. I wish I kind of had just some better designs to them.
1: Well, I mean, they're pretty simple, yeah. But the thing is, and I guess this is almost why I'm willing to forgive that being like, oh, it's clearly just a stapler. Yeah. Is there's some really unique boss mechanics built around the idea that you are fighting a stapler. Like... The stapler it comes to mind because I think it's one of the more smartly ones done. At the beginning of, like, its attack arc, it'll load staples into the tray. Mm-hmm. And it'll have to stop to reload when it runs out. So, like, one of the main mechanics around that boss fight is try and make him waste staples so he can't attack you. So, like, if you attack him by jumping on him, every time you time that jump right, you're jumping down on the stapler, so he's wasting a shot.
0: I like it. It's clever. Did you think that the, uh initial findings of the game where the system, the battle system got kind of stale after a while? Did you uh, find that that held true towards the end?
1: I think it it keeps getting a little bit more challenging, which is smart enough. By the end, by the last dungeon, the Origami Castle, I was at a point where I'm like, I get how these encounters work. Um, and I was doing my best to avoid unnecessary encounters because there's no experience. There's n- so there's right. no reason to grind out. And... Uh, I was so stacked on coins that I would use the toad mechanics when sucked into an unnecessary battle, which are, you can throw, like, a bunch of coins at the toads, and they'll basically solve the puzzle for you.
0: Ah, uh, okay. And th- in a quicker fashion, yeah, I would imagine. they just
1: take care of it for you, and then you can just attack right. and kind of finish it up. Um, in Kind of midway through, there are some unique enemies that, like, shake things up in smart ways. Uh, like, in the desert area, they introduce booze, uh, where their whole gimmick is... They are on the dial but right before it's your turn to move the puzzle they all become invisible so you have to remember where they were
0: uh, that's clever I like that and uh, you have to kind of guess for the bonus yeah exactly neat um, um,
1: but there's smart stuff there for sure
0: what would you say was your favorite part about it?
1: it's still the like I think the combat is really unique and fun and I hope they continue with this and expand on it in a subsequent series but it's still the writing. The writing of these games, these Mario RPGs has consistently always been fantastic.
0: Yeah, I was going to say one thing, even if it was alpha dream writing it, um the dialogue in the Mario and Luigi series or just any Mario RPG series, it's always been so enjoyable. Uh, I got, I give all the writing teams props for all they, those cuz they're just so much it's fun. It's so funny
1: because the Mario world never gets much flavor in terms of character. But it shines through so much in these games. Uh, One of my favorite running bits in this game in particular is uh, one of the first things Luigi says in the beginning is when he's like trying to figure out what Mario would do. He's like, well, I need to find the key to Peach's Castle. So he runs off on his own. And then every time you encounter Luigi subsequently, he's like, Mario, good news. I found the key to Peach's Castle. And it's never the correct key, but it always happens to be a key you need at the time. (laughs) So
0: <laughs> He's like, oh, just trying to help. You're
1: like, I got bad news, Luigi. This is not the key to Peach's Castle. But, but, to be, we do actually need that key.
0: <laughs> That's why I usually like Mario's companions kind of being the comic relief behind that, too, so Mario doesn't need to directly yeah. start talking and doing all that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, like
1: Mario still never speaks in this. Like, Olivia is the mouthpiece of this game.
0: Yeah, and his companions always are, like, loomy from uh, the, the previous RPG series iterations. And, and in this,
1: you have uh, you have Olivia, you have Bobby the bob uh, you have, uh, this Toad sort of, uh, archaeologist character, and then,
0: uh... Oh, I saw, I saw him, uh, pr- what was it, Professor Toad?
1: Yeah, it's Professor Toad, and then later on there's Captain T. Ode, uh, who was an ancient, uh, Toad adventurer.
0: I, I'm, I'm trying to look up, Professor up uh, Toad, Bulb Companion. No, because I know that Lumi is the, ga- I think it's the galaxy star? Thing. Luma luma i don't know i don't know what i don't know what her name is whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's just a companion but um yeah mario rp i feel like uh with with mario games you this is why the rpg series are sometimes just a nice welcome addition no matter what type of game it is because whether it's the paper mario universe one of the the two things i love about paper mario is always going to be the design And, yeah, the gameplay is great, but it's the story. Yeah. Same thing with the Mario RPG series. Like, yeah, the game, the battle systems are great, but the designs are just fun. They're vibrant, and it's just, uh, the writing's just snappy. It makes things fun. Dream Team, half of the fun I had in Dream Team was the story. Yeah. And that's just because it was, uh, I don't know, dove into Luigi's psyche. We've talked about it a few times. It was was an unexpected surprise. And, and I was I thinking, say, wow, uh, you know, this is actually a pretty cool game. It
1: takes a while, but Bowser is a goddamn delight when he shows back up in the later half of the
0: game. He always is. He always steals the show in these games. Same with Bowser Jr. and yeah, him. Yeah, Bowser they, Jr. I, also I feel like Nintendo just here. found that if they made him an absolute unlikable dick, then they got themselves a
1: character. Uh, they also have a great bit in this game with Kamek, uh, where Kamek's trying to help you out and being like... Listen, I think we should go this way, Mario. Bowser never listens to me, and he always gets beaten by you. So do with that information what you will.
0: <laughs> we need more Kamek in games. I guess he... Kamek, uh, I always um, was of the mind that in the uh, Yoshi's Island series, Kamek was the true villain. Oh, outside of... a uh, puppet master. <laughs> yeah, he was. Because outside of baby Bowser, for sure. Bowser Jr. Yeah, 100%. Kamek was always the one making the shit bigger. Yeah, it's true. It was like a Rita Repulsa in make the old games. Grow. Every time. Every time Kamek rolled up, I was thinking, oh shit, what's this, what, what's this person doing what's now? What's his asshole going <laughs> to do? going to make grow? It was his asshole got up his sleeve and he just made something big. It was like a weed. It became like a big piranha plant. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Classic. Um, but I love how they have all these characters in this game. Um, and the I'm really excited. I t- this is, It's so funny. This is why people are never going to be satiated enough with what they got. I was even thinking after this. I'm like, I'm sorry, I wonder what they're going to do next. These people worked on this game for probably like five-ish years. Just like, shut up already. Yeah. (laughs) Stop.
1: Everybody stop. Uh, And I'm
0: thinking of the next iteration. I I do think that long-term, these guys are going to port Thousand Year Door to the Switch. I think it'll happen. I think one day they're just going to have it. And then for them, that'll kind of be their way to quell people's desires for a new Thousand Year Door by just saying, listen, here you go. It's on the current consoles. Enjoy it. And now we're going to keep on trying to implement some new innovative gameplay mechanics into our games. And there you go. And there we and go. Na- now please kindly shut the fuck up.
1: Everybody shut your damn mouths now. Please. Uh, I have, have mouths to feed too. you know. I also played... Um, I started this today. I, I think I talked briefly about... Sna- uh, or I, we talked privately. Um, I snagged this ROM for a Zelda fan game that gained a lot of traction. Um,
0: yes, and then it, what had, it got canceled after that, right? You couldn't it's download disappeared it anymore?
1: from the internet, but your boy has it. Um, <sighs> the Legend of Zelda The Missing Link uh, is a game built in the Ocarina engine with using new assets, assets from Ocarina, and assets from Majora's Mask. Um, it is meant to take place between Ocarina and Majora's Mask, literally opening with the moment Link is sent back to the past uh, by Zelda, uh, at which point he finds Na'vi to be gone. And he learns that the, the Kakari Forest is withering without the uh, Deku Tree's influence. Um, and he also learns that a spirit who uh, hunts fairies has come to Hyrule and is, is starting to steal the fairies from the forest children. Weird. One of the first new assets you get is to replace Navi. You go to uh, Saria's house and you find a new sword there, which actually brings back a Zelda... Uh, idea that is taken out of most of the 3D games, which is if you have full health, your sword shoots a beam.
0: Ooh, that was from, uh, that was with Majora's Mask, too, right? The Great Fairy Sword? Yeah, you, but you, you start that with sword? this. You get the PhD? cockery
1: uh, the cockery um, Soul Sword. Uh, and you learn pretty quickly that it gets its magic because, uh, Saria's soul is bound to it. So that's your new companion, like, to guide you. Um, I'm not very far in I've cleared like I'm in one of the first areas Which is called the uh, It's called Monktown I believe uh, And I've been doing some of the puzzle solving stuff There's some really smart ideas in it And the first area has made it clear to me That there are a lot of like brand new assets I, I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying this It's weird to be playing this game With an Xbox controller uh, On Project 64 <laughs> But I'm enjoying the hell out of it I, I, I'm probably going to play a lot more of that today Actually
0: I'm going to be really curious to see what you say about it after because I may want to play it too.
1: Yeah, and uh, I There's... could always send the file your way. I could.
0: Oh, I got a guy. You got a
1: guy. You
0: uh, got a guy. The other
1: thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I'm hesitant to call a game. <laughs> Do you know what's going on with Blazball? Uh,
0: Okay, so I'm going to need to rely on you for this one. Yeah, I'm so. I've been kind enveloped. of off the internet for the past weekend, and now all of a sudden I keep seeing Blazeball. Uh,
1: here's the thing you should know immediately I got Mike and Clayton on board with it last night in the Discord. <laughs> How they're, could you They're both this? playing now. Uh, blazeball.com uh, right now is some kind of weird internet phenomenon happening. I'm pretty sure a bunch of indie devs are behind it. Uh, basically, it's simulated baseball, but all of it is legitimate nonsense. Um, right now, uh, we are the discipline era in the time of the drought. Uh, it's Sunday, so voting is open, uh, and the season begins tomorrow. Uh... And basically, it's fake baseball. You can watch literal play-by-plays of the games as they happen. Uh, But the main point is all the names of the teams are ridiculous. There's, like, the Kansas City Breathmints and the Canada Moist Talkers. Uh, I'm literally
0: looking at it right now. The San Francisco Lovers, the Canada Moist Talkers, New York Millennials, the Yellowstone Magic. You
1: have to pick a team to support. Uh, Mike and I are both supporting the New York Millennials. Uh, I think Clayton went with the Canada Moist Talkers. Yeah.
0: I really just want to be on the Unlimited Tacos or the Mexico City Wild. One wings. of my
1: favorite is the Charleston Shoe Thieves. Um,
0: is that on here? Or... There, I.
1: Oh wait, I believe this? they're in the Chaotic Good League with the New York Millennials. Chaotic okay, Yeah. There's good. there's two leagues: the Good League and the Evil League, which are then split in the subdivisions: Lawful Good and Lawful uh, and Chaotic Good and Lawful Evil, Chaotic Evil. Uh, Hades Tigers won the season last night over the New York Millennials. Uh, really, really sad defeat for us. A big upset. Yeah, big upset. Uh, There's some kind of weird lore unfolding around this. Like, if you have... Basically, you bet on games to win a fictional currency uh, of coins. And then you can vote once per season on, like, new rules being implemented. But they're, like, crazy rules. Like, it'll be like, if your team uh, performs the best, at the end of the season you randomly get, uh, like, one of the best players in the league. Or, uh... Like it ups the stats on all your players randomly. Like, it's so strange. And then if you dive into the book section of the website, you'll find the official rule book, but a ton of it is redacted.
0: <laughs> I I don't even know what's going on here. Uh, it,
1: like let me get read you an excerpt here. So this is under the playing the game section of the rule book. Each game should take place then there's a large redacted bar and it just says on
0: the immaterial plane. If any game lasts longer than 1 hour, a spillover shall occur and all games shall be delayed until the next hour. <laughs> In the case of gaming lasting 2 hours, the and then that's it. <laughs> what is this? It's and when a game is happening, you can
1: watch literal play-by-plays. Like it'll show you who's on base, who's up at bat, which is some of the best stuff is uh is that seeing these players with their real stats because let me just read you an excerpt of uh, the top player on the New York Millennials is Dominic Marijuana.
0: Dominic Marijuana, Marijuana. yeah.
1: Um, Felix Garbage, you know, great team there. Let's see the Canada Moist Talkers, uh, as you know, Jesus Koch, Hobbs Kane, uh, Mooney Doctor, Polka Dot Patterson, some great, great Blaze Ball players.
0: But what is it? We I mean. But what is it? It's Blaze Ball. I just bought voting rights. Yeah, you did. It's time to vote, Eric. I I, I don't, I don't understand, but I'm kind of gonna get into it. Uh, I joined the Helma of Sunbeams. Okay, okay. And now I want to go back to New York. I realize my mistake. You can
1: actually, um, I think it's one of the most expensive things in the shop, but you can change the team you support. Um, wow. and the in the description it says your current team will be upset but understand.
0: That's the way it's gotta be. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's Um, it's the
1: Fairweather Flute for 2,000
0: Coins. So when's the new season coming in? It should start tomorrow. Wow. I'm going to join the Discord on this Yeah, I joined
1: it as well. Uh, So who made this? We don't know. Uh, I suspect, based on a lot of people tweeting about it, there are uh, a number of indie devs who started this, but I think that's part of what we're going to learn as this kind of goes on. Like, it's this weird phenomenon.
0: This is so... Strange. And we're
1: in the we're in the like the postseason ended is is what should be happening right now. So like player trades could be happening right now. Uh, it's the discipline era in the time of drought. Uh, last season was a time of uncertainty.
0: Wow. Baseball is taking an extended siesta. A Siesta. Not even like a season. Uh oh. So there's a oh message on here. Lord. the blaze ball commissioner
1: oh i love occasionally the ticker will just uh swoop by and just say the commissioner is
0: doing a great job yeah <laughs> uh, this is so funny um i guess go check out blaze ball then yes it looks fun it is a weird can thing you that... can you really say you're playing it uh no mike
1: and i talked for a while last night about how funny it would actually be to when games are going on uh, just do a Twitch channel where we just watch the ticker and do, like, commentary. Like, Jessica, telephone at bat. <laughs> Ball one. That's it. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> because it, it it's hard to explain without having a game going on right now. It's a literal text log with a play-by-play.
0: That is so...
1: What? <laughs> and there's, like, weird expressions around players. Like, Mike and I noticed last night, like, one of the New York Millennial players is Jessica... Uh or I'm sorry. I think it's the Hades, uh hades hellmouths or whatever uh i'm sorry the hades tigers one of their players is jessica telephone and whenever she's up it's just jessica telephone at bat wielding the dial tone
0: there's a on the Hellmouth Sunbeams. there is a player called randall marijuana dominic marijuana is the top player on the new york millennials i can't i can't stand this what are they brothers that's what i I wonder that's what i wonder i can't stand this miguel james that's it all right (laughs) yeah it's fantastic stuff (laughs) Oh, this is fun.
1: The Seattle... Well, I'll
0: have to look, I'll have to look oh, the at this later. Oh, the lineups are in
1: rotation right now. You can't check
0: lineups. I saw Summer Pony. The un-
1: Oh, the Los Angeles Tacos changed their name to Unlimited Tacos.
0: Yeah, they were Unlimited. Almost, I almost went to them. I was like, I want Unlimited Tacos. I do love... Why their not?
1: slogan is 72 and Infinite. Last <laughs> night, it was 72 and Sunny. The New York Millennials, of course, Youth Will Save Us is their slogan. Um,
0: Uh, The helm of Sunbeams is just stare into the sun.
1: uh, I do have to give it to the Chicago firefighters for their most straightforward slogan, We're from Chicago.
0: I mean, they're not wrong either. Yeah, it's completely accurate. Dalek Stakes just says, well done.
1: Breckenridge Jazz fans, we've got winning to do just for you.
0: I... I'm gonna have to really dive into this offline. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> this is a lot. It's this is a, a lot, lot to, to take in. There's a um, lot to absorb and learn about it just offline. Last night I
1: happened to be talking about it, and then Clayton popped into the Discord, and he was me like, "What is this?" And he, he, we were talking about it for about an hour after that.
0: The Breckenridge Jazz Hands.
1: The Hawaii I, Fridays. It's Island Time.
0: I think I made a mistake. I'm gonna have to change my Google thing and do this again. It smells like teen spirit. Spray it. Don't say it. I
1: gotta support the hometown millennials, Eric.
0: I know, I really I kinda do. Youth will save the us. Philly
1: pies, pie or die.
0: Wow. Oh, there she is. Jessica telephone. God bless. Um fun. Fun. Very weird. I'm in it. Fun.
1: It's a fun, weird thing to be a part of on the internet right now.
0: Well, I guess, I guess let's go into the release. I don't even know how to be fucking... Because there's nothing here. It's There's it, nothing it's there. It's a confusing
1: thing that I encourage anyone to look into.
0: Um, it's pure imagination based. It's like, use your imagination here to read the text and find a way to make it it's real. It's
1: fantasy sports on drugs.
0: That's so funny.
1: Okay. I gotta give it props. So going into <laughs> the drop. Uh, pop-up dungeon comes to PC August 12th. Uh, a total war saga Troy comes to PC August thirteenth. Kill it with fire comes to PC August thirteenth. Eastern Exorcist comes to PC August fourteenth. UFC four comes to PS four and Xbox one August fourteenth. And Microsoft Flight Simulator makes its debut on PC on August eighteenth. Fun, fun, a light one, but a fun one. Um, a light one. There we can go into. Uh, is Microsoft Flight Simulator the one with, like ten discs? Yes, it's a ten. The physical edition is ten discs. Damn. People. I don't know if we ever talked about this. I learned at one point about a community um, in Microsoft Flight Simulator because if you have the right tools, it's you know so realistic. People use it to actually like train to learn to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a community on Twitch that will, if you are getting ready to practice for your pilot's license, basically you have to do this thing where you like you know during the test you're checking in with towers and all that stuff. Um, okay. So basically you can plot a course on Microsoft Flight Simulator. And then link up with these people on Twitch who will follow your course, and you do the proper check-ins with them the way you would on a real flight uh, to help you practice for your test.
0: That's so great! Like, I just think that's a really wholesome kind of neat thing. Games, hey, games for training and teaching are on the rise. Absolutely, I think it's awesome. What's going on with the news?
1: Uh, some are there. Is there news? not a terrible amount, but there's stuff worth mentioning uh spider-man will exclusively come to the playstation version of avengers post-launch and people are mad
0: i wouldn't say i'm mad i just think it's stupid
1: uh i kind
0: i thought we were beyond this i don't
1: here's the thing i keep hearing people say that and i'm like no this seems obvious to me like oh well i guess I thought it was obvious to me like because it it doesn't seem baffling at all like sony owns the exclusive gaming rights to spider-man like, did you yeah, think they were just going to let I, him go into the night?
0: From my... I guess from my perspective to clarify, it's not a surprising thing at all. In fact, again, when you think about this as a business, obviously, why, why wouldn't you do that? I just think that it's... I don't know. I, I guess offhand, I was thinking, man, with anything else, okay, but you have an Avengers video game, and this is really kind of one of the titular characters the thing The thing
1: that sucks is... Uh from the sound of the way their expansions are going to be structured and like the way Hawkeye is going to be rolled out into this game and stuff, it really prevents the team from ever bringing Spider-Man into the bigger post-season story beats, because this is a live game. Like they're going to be rolling out new story beats, you know, later on. So it makes it like, there's going to probably be a small story around Spider-Man for the PlayStation version with a few unique missions. But They'll never be able to really fold them into the him into the larger story as a whole.
0: Yeah. Which sucks. It does. It sucks. And also there's just gameplay that you're missing out on. Um it, it, people want that. Good it's news, fun. Uh,
1: on this that came out from an interview about this. Uh, the devs did say they are
0: one hundred percent allowed to use the X Men. Which is cool. I, I, I like I like me some X Men. But the game is Avenger... I don't know. It's like... It's, it's like
1: one of those things of like...
0: But every... Who hasn't been a fucking what, Avenger? What so they said
1: basically was... Um, we have access to the 80 plus years of Avengers character and lore. We are allowed to use whoever we want, but we're telling an Avenger story and we'll use characters that are appropriate for that. To me, what that says is... You'll probably get Wolverine at one point.
0: Probably. He's, he's kind of one of the common st- uh, Wolverine, staples Wolverine, you know, the new leader
1: of the Fantastic Four.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um... So far, I, I believe they had the beta. Yes. Um, Which
1: people seem like hot. Like, it, it seems like a, it's not looking good. It, it seems like a lot of people were like, yeah, there's something here, but there's not enough.
0: Exactly. It's just not and it looks fun, looking complete. But it
1: doesn't. That's just it. It looks like we're hitting like a season one of destiny type situation of like, this is really cool what you've got, but there's not enough of it.
0: Well, because, I mean, I've, re- I, I've checked out the usual PR channels of people playing it, like the influencers and all that, and they'll they'll try, and they'll say, this looks really cool, I've seen some streams of it, and it does. It, it truly does actually look pretty cool. The way that they set up the beta from the videos and trailers I've seen, it looks like something is there, and it looked pretty, it, it even got me a little more, bit more optimistic about we it compared to how I've usually felt, launch, which was meh.
1: I'm like, le- If we weren't less than a month from the launch of this game, I might be more optimistic.
0: Yeah. Because afterward Well, I was even thinking, you know, oh, we're a month from launch, let's see how this beta goes. Maybe with this expansive uh with the expansive gameplay that they're introducing and all these missions, maybe it'll really open things up and they're gonna set the record straight. Crystal Dynamics is gonna say, Listen, we know everybody thought the game looked like shit. Here you go. And that's what essentially the beta that's what I was getting the impression from. Like, here's our game, this is what we are doing, we're putting our money where about this. We
1: need to see how the game it looks like it plays fine. I
0: did see I saw it play, it looked okay, it, looked in, it, it totally was in line with the expectations of what I thought it would be, but I thought there'd be enough game there to sustain it. And then I read uh, Game Informer's kind of more in-depth uh, experience with it, and they just said, honestly, it's not looking good. They just thought that, or at least it was the general opinion of them, as long, along with some other people that, as you were even just saying, with a month left, y- the, there's not a snowball's chance. Y- you can't. It, it, a month is literally... Let's just think about that as, like, a week. (laughs) and You're not going to be able to get it done. You can't implement new things and start changing up mechanics and formulas to make a game better. It's just going to be what it is. It's one of
1: those things where, again, the consequence of live games, like, maybe we'll be talking about this game totally differently a year from now.
0: It's it's the curse of the games-as-a-service kind of uh, implementation. You're going to enhance it. I fully expect that one year from now when they come out their avengers assemble edition with everything including spider-man as dlc because i know they're gonna package him up and sell that shit i know they will <laughs> For sure. uh he's gonna be free I'm i'll buy it thing. then yeah i'll buy it then and we'll we'll be having a different conversation i'll be singing its high praises because it will be good by then but upon launch no my initial gut reaction was right it's gonna be a half-baked thing That I feel for the devs for, because I'm sure they didn't even have time to push it, even if they wanted to. If it was their choice, if it was truly the dev team's choice, I have a feeling they'd work on it for another year, which is what they should do. But they wanted to make that clear. And it could have been a stronger launch. It could have been a stronger showing. But it's not. It's going to get mediocre reviews. And then in a year, they're going to do a post-mortem, and they're going to say, you know what? It's actually really good now. Destiny 2 on wheels yet again. And then it'll be good. And then nobody will be complaining about it. So, but personally, for right now, I'm going to save my money on that one. Not in a rush to buy that at all. Um, I'm even more so curious to see how it's going to go with the PS5. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Like, will they release uh, an extent, like an updated edition with the PS5? I don't know, but I'm certainly not clamoring to play the game right now. Um, Shall we
1: continue talking about superhero games?
0: Yeah, I sure do. Let's talk about more games as a service, like the Suicide Squad. Suicide
1: Squad. Suicide Squad.
0: So Rocksteady just came out and tweeted that they're making. This the was game literally last a few years. days ago. Yeah, Rocksteady literally just comes out with a tweet announcing Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's, and they're gonna ex- it's so expand weird. on
1: that on the 22nd.
0: Yeah, during the DC was it Fandom yeah, or something Fandome. like that. Um, but they did confirm that this is going to be a co-op multiplayer type of game. Uh, the general premise is that you were the Suicide Squad, you're gonna hunt the Justice League. Uh, Superman's on the poster of this with actually the with the crosshair on him, which I thought was cool. Um, and this is going to be more concerningly for myself another games as a service title. Yeah, I'm not pleased with that.
1: That's not what I want from Rocksteady. Um, if they went, we, we,
0: yeah, it's just not the type of game that I would want for them, but I can understand the appeal for a lot of people. If it
1: were, hey, we're making a game, in, a, a Suicide Squad game in the Arkhamverse in the same style of those games, but with multiple playable characters, I'd be way more interested in that.
0: I really thought it was going to be a mission-based game. Well, who's to say? I don't even know. I'm going to wait to see what I got to see. But I imagine that, number one, if they're going to implement the same system they're doing with the Avengers right now where it's mission-based, and you can just pick your roster. That's going to be strong. I know it will be. And it's actually going to be something that I wanted from the original game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that it's going to have a launch that's going to be lackluster. Because these games as a service is the way that it's going to be now. You can get away with shipping a, half a product and then fill it in later. Yep. And I'm not going to be okay with that. I think it's Nor just going to be a shitty way anyone. to spend your money initially. I trust Rocksteady too. That's why oh, great I'm studio. very lukewarm about all of it until you see more. Because you could just guess. Yeah. We could literally all spend hours and days guessing an this shit. Right now. We yeah, I have an image of Superman on there with the crosshair, and I I'm gonna play I mean, it. Until I see I'm gonna King be a
1: shark in the game, I, I have no reason to buy this.
0: Yeah. And will he, exactly. Will they what's what's gonna happen? So I'm gonna wait and reserve judgment for the fandom, whatever the hell that event is. I'll show it. I'm probably gonna be hyped for it. You're gonna hear me talking about it, do a one eighty and say, Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, buy well, it. It's we'll just be able to talk
1: about it once we know more about it, but I just figured that was something uh, we're talking about.
0: I was really hoping for another type of like Superman game or something. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I know they've bounced this stuff around for a while. I assume WB is working on that Batman game. Uh, we, I.
0: Yeah, what's going on with that? I,
1: I, I, if we hear about that, I bet you it's at the DC fandom. Um,
0: but even so, even that tease, I, that was some bullshit. We're we're, a year, we're over a year from that.
1: Yeah. It's very strange
0: that's some bullshit that was a strange tease for god's sakes man people forgot it's over
1: uh in other news uh sony says ps4 controllers will not work with ps5 games
0: yeah but that's that's not surprising you gotta sell product ps3 to ps4 you gotta sell product Yeah, sure. It's okay.
1: I'm back. Fix that in Hello.
0: post. Oh, I uh, I agree. I think that's just
1: I agree, we will fix that in post.
0: <laughs> I think that's not surprising at all. They they, they gotta sell their shit. Totally. It, tell me what's different from that from any other console launch.
1: Yeah, I know that makes perfect. Please sense buy our to
0: product, me. the launch. Please so.
1: buy my product. Yeah.
0: I mean look at fucking Nintendo. Come on. Nintendo charges you 50 arms and legs for all these different things, and so nobody's gonna bat an eye. You're telling me this is different? Come Nobody on.
1: Nobody bats an eye.
0: Yeah, and they're gonna say, well, it's different from uh, the the switch from uh, the Wii. Yeah, I know, but same thing applies. Imagine, imagine you could use same your Wii controller, your Wii modes for your switch. Fuck. Man. There's
1: new There's new tech in there. No matter how little it is, they want developers to access it, and there is a way to. I'm sure there's a way you can develop around that, but now if you were no gonna
0: tell to me that, that you didn't like all these weird other games that these weirder newer games that are going to try to utilize what was it what do they call it the uh something the sense,
1: sense? the dual
0: sense yeah sorry i totally blanked on that now if you're going to tell me the games that come out are going to try to implement some wacky dual sense functionality that has no business being there then, yeah, that's going to be fucking annoying. I agree with that. This
1: controller smells like garbage. It's a new feature.
0: <laughs> scratch a controller and smell and you can get the smell trash. A new scra- dual-scratch controller. No, and this, uh, it reminds me of with the PS3 at the time, with the earlier games, how they would implement the uh, the motion sensor inside of the controller, and you'd have to move mm-hmm. your controller around like a dumbass just to, I don't know, balance it against a log. I, I, yeah, I don't care gameplay. about that crap. I've seen it already in some of the titles that they're showcasing for development. Hey, just do it where it makes sense and will be cool. I'll be more likely to shut the hell up and buy your products blindly if you don't gotta do that to me during the games. I don't gotta play Ratchet... You know what, Ratchet & Clank actually gets away with it because they always... Ratchet & Clank to me is always kind of that step into the innovation that they always have for their new console launchers, but... A showpiece. You give me another PS5 title or something, and you're like, Sh- shake your controller for some weird sections of the game that really have no business being there, and we'll, we'll be square. Just, get, Just make sure it makes sense. Sounds good to me. It's good hardware there, so I'm really not too bummed about paying double for it. What are you going to do? Uh, I saw you put also
1: that we th- the iOS shit going on right now with xCloud.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been following that for the. For this I'm week. I'm not
1: sure I fully am. I, Apple doesn't seem to want uh, any other people utilizing their streaming tech.
0: Yeah, so for context here, I've been following this because it's been a developing story for like the past week. Well, I should say years because Apple's mobile policies on the ios store have been absolute trash island forever um so for those of you who don't know uh, apple's mobile store policies is that if you're going to be uploading games you have to go through a a review process for it um actually i think apple's answer to this too because a lot of developers try to get in on this and they're not able to fully utilize the full breadth of their uh apps because apple's policies are kind of restricting them in a way uh most most notably right now would be facebook gaming too um they had just launched their facebook gaming app uh not even too long ago on both android and ios they were not able to use the instant games kind of feature for their app which is one of the main kind of flagship areas of the app itself instant games just mean you're allowed to play your games instantly in one place um but with the way that apple's policies are you can't really have it that way you can't have a service that's kind of the the hub to launch all these different things Every game has to go through a separate review process and separate hosting process in the iOS store. So it kind of really dismantles the way that you're able to stream off of your apps um, without Apple kind of strangleholding you. So there's two apps in particular I just did. it: Facebook Gaming, which just released, which I was just talking about. Android, you can get this app just fine. You could use the Instant Games feature, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but iOS, you're not going to have that. It's going to be kind of a hackneyed type of app. Facebook's pretty pissed off about it, and they're trying now to debate and deal with apple apple's probably not going to shake on it because tell me one time they, they did. rarely do shake yeah, tell me on one the time AI, they yeah. folded um the second one they was, didn't fold
1: the fbi they're not
0: folding <laughs> the <media. laughs> i was just thinking that like the fbi is like listen we need to get into this phone to actually and they self-paced. were like you can go fuck yourselves <laughs> yeah oh my goodness the second app though um which is actually what got me reading into the story in the past week and a half was microsoft's uh xcloud app xcloud streaming app And if you don't know what that is, it was a beta app that essentially allowed you to stream Xbox games to your phone. Think of kind of like the PS Vita to the PS4. The same thing with just via this app, you can integrate it through your phone.
1: You can stream it to pretty much any device and it's launching in in like full very soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there there was this whole expectation that long-term You may have even seen these hybrid controllers that hold your phone up and, you know, they kind of prop it. And there was going to be this whole experience because you could do this larger phones, tablets, a whole bunch of things. And if you need an example of this, you could play Halo 4 on your tablet. That's just how cool it was. It was just a neat little thing that you could stream. But when it was in beta, you were able to use this for a while, even on your iOS device. But as it started going into production, um... Apple came in and said, "Listen, you can't. No, you, you can't have this. Like, you can't have this streaming device that's going to be able to stream games because of our processing policy." So now Microsoft had to pull the entire thing. It basically is on this indefinite hiatus from being on the iOS store, even just in general, because now it, the app is functionally useless without being able to be hosted this way. So this is actually brought into light now with Facebook Gaming as of late. This whole scrutiny of the Apple mobile policy on the iOS store. Again, from what everything I've read, it, it's literally boils down to Apple just saying they're not going to change it. I don't think they will either. It's just a real fucking shame that that has to happen because, frankly, I thought it was some cool tech, and uh, I really think that in the future, it's going to be live, it's going to be streaming games. Streaming games, it's already sure. the future. It's here, old man. And uh,
1: the future is now, old man. Yeah,
0: I think it's really just going to hurt people long term, and I'm really curious to just see, even as an Apple product buyer myself. If that keeps happening over the years, I'm not going to support it's, this it's shit. Gonna,
1: yeah, it's going to make people switch yeah, I'm not to devices support this that bullshit. will let them do what they want to fucking do. It's going to be the push people need to get out of that ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and I'm not... I mean, Apple's still going to sell like hotcakes. I'm not, I'm not fucking delusional enough to believe this is going to dismantle anything. If you're going to tell somebody, hey, don't buy this designer product because you can't stream your games there, they're going to say, fuck the games.
1: I think you, you will see a noticeable dip if they really don't budge on this. For in the sure. Years.
0: Apple actually tried coming in with Apple Arcade because they which did well, which did extremely well, and I will admit that was a good that was a good thing. It's it is a good thing, um, good service. But anything that isn't Apple, Apple does not like. That's always going to be the case. If it's and not that's a based, up, it's not created by them or even boosted by them. They're going to say fuck you and fuck it for what it stands for. Um, so I don't know if they're ever going to reach an agreement for it. Facebook's pretty damn big Myth. i mean xbox is big but facebook's facebook too so facebook's pretty miffed we'll see uh we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks it's just a developing story though over time and i'm curious to see how they're gonna change things up if they do at all cool a little food for thought uh lastly uh an animal crossing crosses 20 million copies sold that's fucking insane i
1: think uh in the time of covid uh it's i haven't have you tried the new update yet i have uh
0: the fire festival and all that I keep yeah. calling it Firefest. It's like literally the, the festival of fire or something. Fire Fire Festival is the whole game, actually. I'm like come to my end for Firefest. Um no. Just for just for a visualization for how absurd this number is, Breath of the Wild I think is somewhere hovering between twenty three to twenty five million copies sold yeah. in its entirety of the past few years. This is
1: the fastest selling Switch game, the fastest-selling, like, Nintendo game in a long time. Yeah, when did
0: it sell? In all? Uh, March, late March. Uh, I yeah. think this is... Yeah, that's a five-month period, or it will be. So not even five it's months yet, and it sold almost as much as the flagship game for when it launched. That's absurd. Smash only also sold about 21 mil, I think, by the time I looked at the graphic, unless that was incorrect. And Animal Crossing was just there. So... She Number is one, Nintendo's losing their shit. <laughs> they just—they they earned so much money, and they're moving so much product. The Ring Fit—I've talked to you about this endlessly. Every single time, I'm like, man, Ring Fit's always sold out. Ring Fit's sold out. The consoles are sold out. Animal Crossing is sold out. Nintendo has probably not moved this much product in so fucking long. In years. So. Obviously, there is going to be an inevitable dip when things pick up again in a year as the pandemic, hopefully in the States at least, knock on wood here, actually blows over and doesn't get worse. But um, I think that's insane. I just think it's an absolutely insane figure. And I'm curious to see how they're going to go moving forward. It's obviously going to drop, but damn. Damn. Just damn, man. That's like uh, with uh, whats its face the animal talking thing by Gary Widow that talk yeah. show. Like, to me, when I see that, that's something where I immediately look at it and say, "Well, this is immediately going to die when things open up, like when t- tonight's show and everything comes back. This is going to die." But for the yeah. time when we're in this bubble, this little capsule, damn, it's such a novel thing. It's like you're gonna look back on this in the history of gaming, and you're just gonna be like, "That was fucking strange." Remember that time yeah, Selena Gomez Adam- de- debuted her fucking single on an AMCross on Gary Witness and Crossing Talk Show. <laughs> like every time i'd see this it was like yo, yeah, you remember that time sting was on an animal crossing talk show it's just it's so absurd um danny trejo was is gary with his sidekick on yeah, the animal crossing and he fucking had a picture of it too just like let's get ready to play it's insane you don't even see this with any other gaming product it's just nintendo products this is what i mean nintendo has this thing it's this culture that it'll always just be open for everybody sony yeah. and xbox can't touch this shit whatever they no. have to them they cannot touch nintendo no matter what and that's why nintendo to me is like the, the grandfather of everything yeah oh it's absurd but yeah i just Crazy. thought was fun to call out absolutely uh got anything got anything else or are
1: we gonna wrap this bad boy up
0: uh, my gas tanks running empty
1: all right let's pull off into the service station here uh for housekeeping i hate you for that that was so good <laughs> Uh, thanks i was pretty proud of that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's so seamless Teach me. (laughs) big thanks to ed the cat for our intro and heather ramos for our wonderful uh artwork ask his question gecko games podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter i am at the richmeister zero and you of course are at beautiful underscore eric but until next time it's been our pleasure and we will see you all here next week thank you everybody see you